Welcome to RCV Clips, short recordings and interviews designed to introduce listeners to helpful tools and brief explanations about ranked choice voting and how this voting method works. These clips are produced by the Ranked Choice Voting Resource Center, a compilation of best practices and first-hand experiences from jurisdictions that have used ranked choice voting, also known as RCV. The website, www.rankedchoicevoting.org, and the overall project serve as resources for election administrators, voters, policymakers, candidates, and for anyone who wants to learn more about ranked choice voting. We are not advocacy-focused. Rather, we aim to provide resources that allow jurisdictions to implement RCV effectively and efficiently. The RCV Resource Center team is comprised of former election administrators who have conducted statewide, municipal, and district RCV elections. Welcome to the January 2019 episode of RCV Clips. I'm Chris Hughes, a member of the Ranked Choice Voting Resource Center team. Today, we're talking about the great middle school election of 2019, which you'll hear more about in just a second. Rosemary Blizzard and Melissa Hall of the RCVRC are joining me today to talk about the election, how it came about, and what we learned from the process. Uh, so Rosemary and Melissa, what is this great middle school election of 2019? Chris, thank you for having us on. We had a really good time doing this. Um, basically, we have we put together a, ho- a holiday ballot. Favorite carols, favorite movie, favorite goodies, more in line towards desserts than actual meals. And we created a ranked choice ballot of those things and called in some favors with some middle school teachers we know personally and had them give the ballot to their students, along with a very short survey afterwards. And we just wanted to, one, we wanted to have a little fun with it. We've had a busy year. We've had um, lots going on in 2019. And that's probably going to double or quadruple for 2020. So we wanted to have a little fun in our downtime. Plus, to see if handing students who had no previous knowledge of ranked choice voting a ballot with just simply the instructions and no expensive voter education program or anything like that, if they could navigate the ballot. And so that's kind of what we're going to talk about today, a little further down the line is, you know, how did they do? So what did people vote on, on on this ballot? Uh, There were three contests. We had one for the Christmas carols, Christmas movies, and Christmas goodies. Uh, Within each contest, we had five different choices for um, carols. We had Silent Night, 12 Days of Christmas, Have Yourself a Merry Little Christmas, Joy to the World, and Grandma Got Run Over by a Reindeer. Uh, We did have write-in options as well. Um, that that, uh, students were allowed if they were able to think of one. Um, And then for the movies, we had Home Alone, The Santa Claus, Christmas Vacation, A Christmas Story, and Elf. Uh, For the goodies, uh, we had fudge, candy canes, fruitcake, sugar cookies, and uh, Reese's Christmas trees. And I can report that that all of those are my favorites this time of year. (laughs) (laughs) Well, and I guess we should include uh, like a copy of that ballot in the show notes so people can look at it and see, you know, what the ballot looked like and what what the middle schoolers were voting on. Sure. That's not a problem at all. So can you tell me a bit about the schools themselves? Well, the schools that I worked with personally were in my home county where I live in North Carolina. I think all the schools technically would be considered southeastern North Carolina. Um, for the most part, one of the schools I worked with is a 
It's a public school. Uh, it's a good mix of children from all levels of income, uh, of good diversity of ethnic backgrounds. I did include a private school, which is also local to me. Uh, it's It actually is a good ethnic mix as well. We have students representing 13 counties around where the school is actually located. So it's a small school, but it does pull in from a larger cross-section of southeastern North Carolina. And Melissa, what about your schools? So my two schools are both public middle schools. We were able to ask uh, a group of seventh grade students at one and a group of eighth grade students, the entire eighth grade for the second one. Um, Primarily with them, they have uh, minority students. Um, African-American and Hispanic students is their primary. Uh, So it's kind of a good kind of balance between the four schools that we have. I think we had a a good mix and all total had every student been present and accounted for the day the teachers gave them the ballots. We attempted to poll a little over 500 kids. We ended up with 411 ballots. Mm -hmm. Well, I mean, that's a better response rate than most surveys. So I guess that's pretty good. Yeah. Well, they were a captive audience, so, (laughs) um, you know, if you want to, we joked around that if you want to solve the voter turnout problem, there you go. Require compulsory education. Yeah. So with that sort of background, let's dive into the results. Who won each of these elections? Well, I'll start with the Christmas Carol. Silent Night ended up winning in 15 rounds of counting. Uh, it was followed by Grandma Got Run Over by a Reindeer. And, and and there was a pretty sizable percentage difference between the first and the second place. Uh, Silent Night got 209 votes with 54.1% of the vote. And second place was Grandma Got Run Over by a Reindeer with 177 votes or 45.9%. But the takeaway here is it took 15 rounds to do it. Mm-hmm. And, and a lot of that, I think, came from some of the... The kids, well, I shouldn't say some of the kids, a lot of the kids. Our extensive write-ins. Offered up <laughs> quite a few write-ins. Um, yeah. I'm realizing now, according to middle school kids and everybody else in the world, that All I Want for Christmas is You should have been an option. Mm, yeah. But it was just interesting to, to see. And, and I talked to one of the teachers that I was working with, and I said, you know, how did it's just in general, how did things go? And she said, it was so fun to watch them consider their choices that they had, that we gave them on the ballot and then have these conversations and dialogues with their classmates about, no, I don't like any of those. This is the one you need to write in. (laughs) Um, So they took this very seriously. Yeah. Some politicking. There there was some politicking (laughs) going on there. And yeah, I think, it would be interesting to do this same exercise again, maybe next year with maybe sort of a PowerPoint or something that would show the kids or let them see or hear. Um, and I know they would never turn down the goodies to taste um, <laughs> sort of a little more of a campaign side mm-hmm. of things. Um, but we didn't do that this year, mainly because we wanted to make sure we were not interrupting any class time. Right. We wanted to keep this very short and sweet, but yeah. nevertheless. So the 
Christmas Carol, as I said, in Silent Night 1 in 15 rounds. So for the favorite movies, uh, Home Alone run, uh, excuse me, one in the first round, <laughs> which was kind of surprising for me considering, you know, some of the other options like Elf and, you know, the Santa Claus. Uh, like I said, we forgot the Grinch. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, but, I, um, I'm so disappointed that Elf didn't do any better. Uh. <laughs> I mean, it's not my favorite, but I am a little surprised that from the middle school perspective, it wasn't a little higher. <laughs> I mean, it won. Uh, Home Alone won with 54.7%. Clearly, the majority had 223 votes. Um, Elf, which I guess we could say come in second, only had 17.4%. So there was a like, what I would call like a landslide, a drastic difference between Home Alone, which won, and Elf, which was the next highest, that only 71 votes yeah quite a difference there and and as we were speaking with write-ins there were a lot of uh write-ins that i felt like (laughs) we could have thought of but uh it was interesting like the kids put the grinch you know how the grinch stole christmas uh polar express got a couple of votes but just a lot of different (laughs) ones like a christmas carol it's one of my favorites and i completely forgot to mention it and then (laughs) i think uh rosemary said at one of her schools they even put (laughs) die hard in which is a Christmas movie sort of that's like a different debate itself but <laughs> you know we we picked holiday favorites because it's the time of the year and we wanted something that was not politically polarizing only to find out that it is politically polarizing <laughs> because these kids are so strong opinions very very strong opinions about what they like yeah well that's a good thing i guess at this point we should mention like pretty much all of our options were Christmas related and I saw in some of the survey responses that people were like I don't celebrate Christmas I hated doing this Um, so that's something maybe we need to consider for next time is how how do we like fairly incorporate other traditions Hanukkah Kwanzaa um, any other like winter celebrations that might help people not feel quite so excluded from the process absolutely True. I do have to say, though, um, I had one of the students that I had actually put that in there and I was like, oh, my goodness, that's right. You know, but I thought to myself when I was reading the rest of his survey, which I know we're going to talk about the survey results in a few minutes. But with his survey, he did say, you know, he he liked the process of ranking the choices. He did say that he thought it was pretty simple, easy to understand, which was great, which is one of the things we were trying to to see out of this um you know, kind of mock election that we had. So I think that was good to see, but it is, of course, good. Uh, We should keep in mind to be inclusive of everything too. But I thought at least with his results, that was like something that we didn't really think of at the time. So it's something to include and and work with for next year. Yep. Yeah. Well, uh, so now that we've we've talked about movies, we've talked about uh, songs, let's talk about the goodies. What happened in that? Similar to the Christmas carols, we had 17 rounds of counting in order to determine a winner. Uh, Sugar Cookies managed to eke out a win with 232 votes and followed by Fudge with 163. And then one of my favorites, uh, Reese's Christmas Trees with 105 came out at third place. I did want to add in that um, I did notice that like Sugar Cookies did have the highest in the first round as well at 105 votes over fudge with 91. So I thought it was kind of interesting to see that even from the beginning, it kept that same kind of momentum Mm -hmm. um, all the way through, through all of the 17 rounds. 
Well, I guess now we should clear up, you know, we've we said we only had five candidates, but we did have a lot of write-ins, which is why we went to like 15 and 17 rounds in these elections, True. right? Mm -hmm. <laughs> I do want to give a shout out to one of the kids in the Christmas goodie section wrote in his grandma's chocolate delight. And, you know, I just want to, I just want to say to his grandma, good job. You've, yeah. you've got a good one there because he wanted to make sure that your, your chocolate delight was recognized. That's really sweet. It was some of these responses that we got on both the, the write-ins and the surveys were, you can tell, you know, I don't think middle schoolers get a lot of credit these days, but they are some of the most, thoughtful they, they put in more thought and things than you realize and if you ask them a question you're going to get an answer i loved seeing that they told us what they wanted so with that um maybe let's talk about how people actually use the ballot and and then the survey how many rankings did people tend to use in these contests i know they did because they did three of the contests you know with the um with the carols and the movies and the goodies, um, we did kind of combine those. So looking at that, generally speaking, out of the 411 students, um, we found out that about over 90% of them ranked three or more um, of their rankings of their results. So that was kind of interesting to see. Yeah, that's like really high use of the ballot. Um, I'm looking at our, our survey results and the first contest on the ballot was Christmas carols and 90.5% of the kids ranked three or more contests. And then we looked at who ranked all of them, at least five, because the sixth would have been a write-in, which was not required. 77.9% mm -hmm. um, ranked everything. It's a lot. <laughs> it is a lot. And there was a slight drop off as you move down the ballot. But when I say slight drop off, I mean, it's a difference of three or more for question, uh, the, the second contest, which was holiday Christmas movies, uh, was 88.8%. .8%, so it was only a 2% drop. Uh, again, it, it's not a big drop off, but there was a slight one. Mm -hmm. And to completely blow that theory out of the water, when you look <laughs> at the third option on here, the Christmas goodies, the percentage of, of kids who ranked three or more or all of them actually increased. Some so, they're, they're just more competitive. You know, people, people want to have their say. Exactly. <laughs> so, yeah, it was, I was glad to see them use the entire ballot. I mean, we, right. I, I want them to do that regardless of, of where you're coming from in terms of voting and elections, but um, they, they did what we asked them to do, and that was use a ranked choice ballot, and they did so with a pretty high percentage of completion. Right. I thought it was interesting, though, like you were saying with the goodies, uh, because it had a 93.4% for the ranked three or more options. Mm -hmm. I think because, like you were saying, they had more interest in that, and they were more vocal with their goodies, right. it seemed like, than some of the others. So it was a much higher percent, both with ranking three or more and specifically you know, ranking all of them. Um, that had the highest of 78.3% out of all of the students. So that's, that's pretty good for the Christmas goodies. Yeah. Or actually all of them. Well, and that, that connects back to like real world elections where mm -hmm. there might be when a contest is competitive, when people feel like their vote really matters and they also like really care about who wins, they're going to vote. Mm -hmm. uh, and if not, maybe they'll be like, nah, I don't really need to vote in that contest. 
but it's it's the same thing. If people have been paying attention, if they, at least in this case, everybody knew who the candidates were and knew a lot about them and <laughs> had their had their thoughts going in, it makes it easier to mark your choices. Yeah, I've actually seen that happen, Chris, in a, a county where I was working several years ago. The longtime beloved sheriff of the county had retired, and so it was a new slate of candidates for um, the voters in that county. And it was the, I'm 99% sure it was a presidential election at the same time. When it all, everything was said and done, more people voted in the sheriff's race, which was about three-fourths of the way down the ballot, than they did in the presidential. That's wild. It is. It's crazy. I actually had someone point that out to me as I'm going through results and things. And, and I said, judging by what was said to me just in passing as I was putting, getting ready for the election and people coming in and voting absentee and one stop and, and then all through election day, that was the race they were most concerned about. They knew both of the candidates whether or not they liked them or loved them or hated them was not the point, but they knew them. Mm-hmm. They could talk to them, pick up the phone and call them. Um, but that race was more important to the majority of the people who voted in that county for that election than for the president of the United States. Wow. Yeah. It was pretty wild when you really sat down and went, whoa. Yeah. Yeah. It's interesting, too, because so many local elections happen in, like, odd years. And I'm sure if those elections happened on even years, either with midterms or presidentials, people would feel like it's local elections are way more immediate. You know, it's something that impacts your day-to-day life mm-hmm. way more than the president does for the most part. So, I mean, that makes sense, right, that the sheriff would feel like this way more tangible contest to voters. Right. I I think the voters felt they had more of a say and wanted to say who their sheriff was going to be. Yeah. Yeah. Democracy at work. Yep. It's it's pretty (laughs) awesome to watch sometimes. Yeah. Uh, Well, getting back to it, um, let's talk a bit about the survey. We asked the kids seven questions. Um, What what were we asking about? What did we want to learn about their use of the ballot? So um, we did ask uh, the students, like for the first question, we asked them what their thoughts were on ranking the choices on the ballot, meaning like, was it simple? Was it difficult? Um, I even had a student go in there and put that they didn't necessarily agree with simple or difficult. They put like C middle. So I thought it was kind of interesting (laughs) uh, with that. But um, looking at that, another one they had was about the instructions on the ballot since we had the... um, kind of same instructions at the top and we just kind of told the teachers kind of like if you can read over the instructions to them and then just let the students go from there it was kind of to get their perspective on the instructions of of how it was structured and then for the three questions in the middle we had the ranking of how many did you rank for the carols how many did you rank for the movies and goodies 
and we finished up with uh, question six was the most interesting. It was uh, basically about if you didn't rank all of the choices for any of these contests, like why? What were your thoughts on that? So that one had some very interesting uh, responses. I know we enjoyed reading through those. And then the uh, seventh question, the last one, had to do with their thoughts on actually ranking those choices. So, you know, did you love it? Did you like it? Um, did you dislike it? Did you absolutely hate it? So it was it was very informative for us to kind of get their perspectives. Yeah, question six was when I realized that if you ask a middle schooler what they think, they're going to tell you. <laughs> very honest, yeah. Yeah. Um, well, I, what are what are some of your highlights? Um, let's see. Well, my biggest takeaway from that one question, which was, as Melissa said, if you didn't rank all your candidates, why or why not, was I didn't know the song. I did have never seen the movie or I've never had that particular food. And it, and it resonated with me, not even from a ranked choice voting perspective, but from an election perspective in general is, you know, candidates, if, if they were not familiar with those things, they didn't want to rank them. Mm -hmm. um, so candidates, if you're listening get out there uh, because middle schoolers in particular, if they don't know you, they're not going to <laughs> consider you. Um, but it was really interesting. The kids were very honest about, I didn't have any experience with these things. So I'm not going to, and I think in, from their perspective, help or hurt them by mm -hmm. ranking them. Um, I think one of my favorites and, and I, it, it just made me laugh was, I didn't rank them because they were trash. <laughs> How do you really feel? Uh, <laughs> yeah, speaking of that, one of, one of my favorites was about fruitcake. So I kind of agree with the students. It just kind of worked out. But he was like, or he, she, it said, for the fruitcake, I didn't rank it all because it was the most disgusting thing ever. And you can fight <laughs> me on it, and it won't change my opinion. <laughs> uh, oh, bless him. Yeah. Oh, that was great. And what was interesting is the student responses. I know we're talking about a lot about the goodies, but some of them were even just about other of the some of the other rankings. Like one student put, I didn't vote for one of the carols because it was terrible. <laughs> so like they were pretty consistent with each of the contests about their thoughts. And then we've had other ones, you know, rank or they would say that they ranked all of them because they liked all of them. So yeah. most of them were very vocal about why they didn't, which I appreciated because some of those um, I was wondering myself, was like, okay, I wonder why they didn't do this. And I would look at their answer. And I'm like, aha, okay. <laughs> but I think it highlights too is a lot of times we get questions about exhausted ballots. And just for clarification and, and feel free to add to it is, you know, an exhausted ballot is a ballot that may not make it through all the rounds for one reason or another. And, you know, these kids were very clear that they did not want to rank these options. So their ballot by their choice may or may not have made it all the way through the rounds of counting because they stopped ranking at a certain point. And, that I don't think of as a bad thing. I think that of that as the, the student made a choice. And just like voters who go into a voting booth today, let, let's don't penalize them for making a choice about how they complete their ballot. Right. Like if someone didn't fill out their ballot, they probably had a good reason to. to exactly. Not. 
and and these short answers where we asked questions about you know why you didn't rank your ballots it made it as clear as day to me that I didn't want to rank them and I didn't have to rank them and I'm not going to right because yeah, they're exactly. trash <laughs> yeah they're all trash <laughs> oh. um, I do I will say one of my you know I pointed out the the trash comment but I did have one student write in I ranked all of mine because I think everything deserves a ranking yeah that was sweet oh, it was so it's okay. like what you're you're the diplomat in your house aren't you yeah <laughs> <laughs> very thoughtful it was it was a as much as this was for work it was a good insight into the mind of a middle schooler Mm -hmm. Um, and Mm -hmm. i thoroughly enjoyed it oh yeah i quite enjoyed it too there's no doubt (laughs) so let's talk a bit about like what everybody actually thought of ranking we asked a couple questions about what they thought of it what what did we hear from the middle schoolers? Um, so for most of the majority of the students actually admitted that they liked it. That was at 67.6%. We had a, um, a 21.7% that loved it. So when you combine that as, you know, if you combine those as in overall, they had a great experience. They enjoyed ranking their choices. Um, if Whether they liked it or loved it, that was combined for an 89.3%, which was actually, I thought was pretty impressive uh, considering I was kind of partial to see, okay, do you think they're going to like it or love it? So it's kind of interesting to see that come out. That's high, yeah. We had 7.1% who disliked it and 3.4 who hated it mm. um and then how do, one, we, how do we get them on board that's what we have to figure out um, next well you know you have to look at to what and this is where we had to keep it anonymous for mm-hmm. you know, privacy reasons but this is one of the times when i would want to say you know what made you hate it and it's right. okay if you hated it but is there a particular reason why Mm-hmm. Here's a, a thought I had while we were doing the um, stats together. I was thinking, like, because you had some students that hated it, their thoughts on it. I was wondering if, or like, if it was difficult or simple, kind of going back. One of the thoughts that hit me was, did they find it difficult or did they hate it because of actually ranking the choices themselves? like the process of it or is it more of okay i like this movie and this movie or this food and this food i like them both equally i don't know which how to rank it itself like my thoughts on actually ranking that individual choice because i know i was kind of stuck for some of the christmas goodies myself i was like i like both of those (laughs) so i was curious if the students maybe uh kind of thought that as well or had something similar Well, I think with question seven in general, whether they loved it, liked it, disliked it, or hated it, is that is one question that, you know, we're looking at the the percentages, and the majority clearly said that they at least liked it and loved it, Um, but that question probably did need a a sub-question underneath Mm -hmm. is, you know, give me a little feedback about why you chose what you chose as far as how you feel about it. because there are so many variables to um, liking something or loving something or hating it. Mm-hmm, right. I, li- I like a clean house, but I hate the mop. <laughs> so housework ranks way low down on my things to do list. So, right. Um, but, you know, at, looking at the survey responses and when we asked them the first one about ranking the choices on the ballots, did you find it simple or did you find it difficult? 88.3% said they found it simple. 
And as I was moving through my own surveys, if someone said they disliked or hated in question seven, I would sort of look at their question one and two to see if maybe I could determine whether or not it was from a technical standpoint of, I just don't like this method mm-hmm. or if they just didn't like the choices because we didn't have that feedback follow-up question. Yeah. And even though the ones that said they hated it, a lot of them on their same survey indicated that ranking it was actually simple. Interesting. You know, there may, there was only one or two that I remember clearly they didn't like it. They found it hard to understand and they found it difficult to do. Mm-hmm. But it was a very small number of, of children and, and everybody who might be listening in, keep in mind, we didn't do a lot of pre-prep or voter education for this. So I'm wondering if some of those smaller, I didn't understand it, didn't like it numbers could change mm-hmm. if we had done the way a lot of elections administrators do when they put on or implement a ranked choice election, where they do a lot of prep ahead of time for voters to be prepared when they get to the polls. The interesting thing is the Center for Civic Design study on how many rankings people want on like the optimal paper ballot, which was conducted in part in Maine during their 2018 ranked choice voting implementation, found that there were canvassers going around the state talking to voters, knocking on voters' doors and teaching them about the ballot and teaching them strategies to navigate it and feel more comfortable with it. So that's like one particular thing that probably helps acclimate people to the ballot helps it feel a little less intimidating. Mm-hmm. Um, that is a thing that, you know, what obviously didn't happen here because we, as far as I know, we just gave kids the ballot and said, rank your choices. These are the instructions and not a lot else. Right. But it's, you know, it's encouraging still to hear uh, this is obviously not a scientific survey. We don't, this is, you can't extrapolate this, but it's still informative uh, that 90% of people thought it was simple with just some basic instructions and a, a well-designed ballot. Exactly. And, and that was the intent, the initial intent. And we learned a great deal from the middle schoolers about what they like and don't like, as well as how best to do this next year or in future years with a little bit different approach and try out different things. And, and, you know, maybe if we can work it out with teachers, maybe a little voter education ahead of time. Just to see if it changes uh, our numbers. Just yeah. a short, like, minute and a half long video or something mm-hmm. talking about it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it sounds like we've got a lot to think about for next year. We have some good ideas for how to improve the ballot and how to make sure everybody is more included and and to teach the our voters about how to use the ballot and how to feel comfortable with it. Absolutely. And I want to extend a thank you to all of the teachers and students who so graciously uh, gave us their time and input on on this. It was it was a very eye opening experience. And I like I said earlier, I thoroughly enjoyed working with the kids, even though it was from a distance. 
Yeah, I agree. Um, I want to thank my teachers and students as well, just because of the fact of, you know, if we didn't have them help participate in their enthusiasm and stuff with, with helping with this, then we wouldn't be able to even have these results and have this discussion. So, it, you know, it, it means a lot to us to, to have them kind of say, yeah, that sounds great. We'll, we'll be glad to help out. Anything that we can do, just let us know. That was very nice, uh, particularly with it being so close to the Christmas break as well. Yeah, I know it's a lot on the teachers. And thanks to Rosemary and Melissa for walking us through all these results, this really interesting election. And thanks especially to the teachers and to the students for playing along with this experiment of ours. And now for this month's final round, where we share an interesting bit of trivia, useful tidbit, or just something we thought was cool for folks to know about ranked choice voting. Here's Melissa Hall with this month's final round. Did you know that more than 50 colleges in the United States use RCV for student government or student association elections? These colleges are located in 25 states, and the list includes all sorts of schools, such as Oregon State University, Pomona College in California, Texas A&M, Auburn University in Alabama, and Boise State University in Idaho. This collegiate commitment to RCV makes it this month's final round. Thank you for joining us today for our January RCV clip. This is a monthly segment produced by the Ranked Choice Voting Resource Center. Follow us on Twitter at RCV Resources, on Facebook and LinkedIn at Ranked Choice Voting Resource Center, and check out our website, rankedchoicevoting.org, for more RCV resources. You can find our show anywhere you get podcasts. Please take some time to subscribe to, rate, and review the podcast, too. Our theme music is Flutterbee by Poddington Bear. Until next time, I'm Chris Hughes on behalf of Rosemary Blizzard, Melissa Hall, and the rest of the Ranked Choice Voting Resource Center.